Final hour of the Hoffman Show here on the Team 980. Really final 45 minutes. Uh, in about 15, we will head to the broadcast booth at Capital One Arena where Dave Johnson is standing by ahead of Wizards and Clippers tonight. I will join Dave on the broadcast a little later this evening as well. So excited to talk some hoops with him. Of course, football, the story of the day, the offseason in full swing. Commander still looking for a coach and the man who many wanted, at least since yesterday when Ben Johnson announced he was going back to Detroit, is Mike McDonald. Unfortunately for Commanders fans, he is headed to Seattle. We are also headed to Seattle to talk to a Seahawks insider who gets to celebrate the hiring of Mike McDonald. That is my good friend Stacy Roast, 710 ESPN. Stacy, how are you? What kind of day was it uh, for you and your show up there compared to what the doom and gloom that we're experiencing here? I mean, you guys have lots of good stuff to look forward to, right? Number two pick, but, um, but yeah. Uh, Apparently really nothing so a head coach so wants. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, okay, so we were completely convinced, completely convinced, as I'm sure many people were uh, in Washington, that it was going to be like Ben Johnson, uh, maybe Quinn or, or someone to the commanders. And I think that the hope was Seattle would have its pick uh, with uh, with McDonald, um, you know, maybe if they wanted to look at Kafka, which I don't know how many people here were excited about that, understandably, given the offensive numbers. But people loved Mike McDonald here. Like, they were so sold on the idea. And you have to consider we're in a division where you look at the NFC West coaches and you see Sean McVay uh, and Kyle Shanahan, and you go, where's our version of that? So I feel like Seattle is pretty convinced they found their version, the defensive version, but – Finally, you've got someone who is really, really innovative. He'll have his own obstacles as a 36-year-old, but people here are so excited. Yeah, I bet. I would be very – he was the guy that I wanted once Johnson pulled his name out. I'm curious yesterday uh, – because a lot of people obviously were connecting the dots of Washington, Johnson. and I right. feel like it just became this echo chamber that enough people were saying, well, I don't really know anything, but I think it's Johnson and Washington that people just assumed that it really was going to happen even though everyone was just talking to each other with no information. But when Johnson pulls out of both Seattle and D.C., did you guys think that there was a like the chance that McDonald was going to go here and like all of a sudden big gulp, oh, mm-hmm. crap, the guy that was supposed to, supposed to take the Washington job isn't, and now we are screwed? In other words, did you guys see, like how did you see the Seahawks job versus the commander's job? I think that the assumption has been – uh, from the jump that Seattle would want a defensive guy. So uh, with Ben Johnson, uh, you know, pulling his name, I think there were some people here that were hoping that it would be him and, and he could come here. But um, people were pretty set on, hey, is it going to be Quinn? Is it going to be McDonald? And I don't know how many people here assumed Washington would want a defensive guy. So I think the idea that Washington fans were really looking at McDonald was kind of lost on a lot of Seahawks fans, right? They're all assuming, well, God, Washington's going to have their quarterback at number two. Um, They're just going to want an offensive guy because that's where so much of the league goes. That I really think the idea here was that while the idea of going, you know, for a 36-year-old rookie head coach felt like a long shot and that it was so different, the idea would always be that defensive coaches would be less desired and maybe there would be more options for Seattle. So I really do think Seahawks fans – um, maybe weren't panicking as much when Johnson pulled out and, and weren't also aware of how far things might have been getting with McDonald and Washington. Stacey Roast, uh, Seahawks insider and, and host up at 710 ESPN in Seattle with us here on the Hoffman Show. Um, as far as McDonald goes there, there's the the weird press conference when Pete is uh, 
dismissed. I don't know what the right word is mm-hmm. even up there fired. where it's like, yeah, fired, dismissed, fired. reassigned, uh, right, senior right. advisor, uh, whatever that is supposed to mean. Like, do you actually think Pete will be around and can be a help to McDonald or is Pete being a good soldier until he's going to be like, all right, whatever's money left on my contract, make sure that gets to my bank account. See y'all later. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about for a money point of view, but I think it's being a good soldier until you can find a coaching opportunity. Like, I think that um, Pete Carroll is someone who did not want to stop coaching and does not want to stop coaching. And I think that he has so many ties to this area. uh, And there are, you know, he knows these players, he knows their families, um, he knows this organization and does have a loyalty to them. And so I think it was very much like a, how do we move on from and fire this person who brought this team its only Super Bowl respectfully? Um, but I don't think that neither the team nor Pete expects this to be a long-lasting partnership in terms of this advisory role. Um, people were wondering here whether or not Pete would take that Chargers job. Everyone thought it would go to Harbaugh, um, but I know that Rabel and, and Pete Carroll kind of had their names as long shots. I would fully anticipate that that obviously not this cycle, but that Pete eventually tries to look for some coaching opportunities elsewhere because he is just nonstop go all the time. And I don't see this advisory role being something, even with a younger coach, that he's super comfortable with. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I also think Pete is about to make a lot of money as a consultant over the next 12 months. That too. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think people realize, like, unless you know old coaches or players, like, a lot of these guys make a ton of money consulting yeah. and, and certainly Pete's going to pop up at random training camps or whatever uh, over the next practices over the next 12 months. And then we'll see if he's in the hiring cycle next year. Um, obviously Dan Quinn is a known commodity up there. Why do you think the Seahawks decided to go McDonald over Quinn? You know, I fully expected them to go Quinn initially, but um, I, I don't know that the Cowboys' lasting impression was a reason, per se, that the Seahawks didn't. Uh, the Seahawks know Dan Quinn. They respect Dan Quinn. There's a good, healthy relationship there. I think that that turned off fans more than it did actual people with the organization. But I think that we haven't seen a lot of John Schneider's solo decision-making. He has so often been tied to Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll having a ton of power within the organization, that we're so used to thinking of the Seahawks as a team that goes with familiarity and a team that goes, um, you know, with some old school stuff. Well, wait a minute, that's Pete Carroll. John Schneider isn't afraid to take some swings. And so I think that the longer they went not hiring Dan Quinn, the more people were wondering, wait a minute, are we going to see the version of John Schneider that like traded for Jimmy Graham back in 2015 or, or that was willing to take a swing on Jamal Adams? Like, is there a bold version of a GM here that we just haven't seen? And might that bold GM be willing to take a shot with someone uh, that no Seahawks fans <laughs> would assume, uh, you know, would typically happen um, in a Pete Carroll type regime, which does go with people that you know. And so um, I think it sounds stupid to say, but like, it's not if Pete Carroll was still making the decision, but the way that we're all used to thinking under a Pete Carroll team, Dan Quinn was perfect, made perfect sense. Right. We all assumed it would happen. Um, but it kind of took us all a minute to realize that, that that's not the decision maker in the culture anymore. So we're still figuring out what, what Seahawks decision makers want and look like. So this is, this is kind of a fun twist for us. Yeah, definitely. Stacey Rose, Seahawks insider and host at 710 ESPN up in Seattle is with us. Uh, so I guess the, the like the million dollar question, multi-million dollar question now from the Washington side of it is, as we hear you say that about Quinn is like, if, if they hire, if the commanders wind up hiring Quinn, how excited should fans be if they know Quinn in Seattle and they chose McDonald anyway? Right. It's a really good question. 
I will tell, you know, Commander's fans without, um, you know, being blunt, there were Seahawks fans that were really hoping the Seahawks would not go with Quinn. Um, however, for what it's worth, um, a couple of my colleagues, and all of whom are former players, really love Dan Quinn. They would have been absolutely fine with it, and they are really impressed with Quinn as a head coach and what he's able to do. Um, we had um, Lofa Tatupu, who we had on with us, and you know, I said, hey, I love Mike McDonald. Who do you like? Um, and he preferred someone like Brable or Quinn. And so if you're a Commanders fan, you could look at it like this. The biggest obstacle ahead for, for McDonald will be how do you build up a coaching network and bring in your coaches when you're a first-year head coach and you don't have those relationships? Like your coaches are going to be guys who were assistants, maybe pass game coordinators or quality control guys. When you're someone like Dan Quinn, that Rolodex is gigantic. And so there are a lot of resources that he can pull from. There is a lot of knowledge he has. And I know it's not the young, sexy pick, but he was so well-respected here. And uh, and and I, I think that, Seahawks fans got distracted, as did I, by the shiny new object, and we're all very excited about it. I do think that there's still a lot to love about Dan Quinn. I agree. We had, I do a podcast twice a week with uh, a guy who played for him in Atlanta. It just, you can't find a guy who's played for him that has a bad thing to say. And that's not oh, always never. the nope. best, best judge, but. Uh, it's better than a bunch of people being like, yeah, actually, that guy sucks and gives us no chance to win. So uh, now <laughs> right, we, we right. wait with bated breath. Um, Stacey, always appreciate your insight. Thank you so much for joining us on, on some short notice here, uh, and especially after you did a full day of radio up there. Always appreciate you. And uh, are you be in Vegas next week for uh, for Super Bowl? I will not, unfortunately. Be watching from home, and uh, I will outright say I'll be rooting for the Chiefs. i got to be honest with you guys. So sorry oh. about that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't. I'm not offended by that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Not many people I'm running into are like rooting for the Chiefs. I guess, but I guess I, th- I feel I, like I we the Chiefs are reaching their villain era. This happens to oh, every dynasty. Sure. Like it is turning yep. uh, for all kinds of reasons that would take many many hours to unpack, uh, and some of which would get me in a lot of trouble for crossing uh, and touching third rails. <laughs> Uh, that we don't go to on Sports Talk Radio because we like keeping our jobs. Anyway, the point is, Stacey, uh, I won't see you in Las Vegas on Radio Row, but hopefully we'll run into each other down the line, and thank you as always for your time. Anytime. Bye. All right, that is Stacey Roast with us from 710 ESPN in Seattle. Um, so there it is, the scoop on uh, the scoop on Dan Quinn and, and kind of how Mike McDonald wound up there. And I think it, one of the most interesting things, frankly, she said there is does like John Schneider become a very different GM without Pete Carroll putting the kibosh on some more bold moves? Because like some of the stuff that they've done over the years has worked, and like the Jamal Adams thing has been a disaster for them. Not really anyone's fault. Uh, it's a lot of injury related, but still, um, that could be a very interesting thing to watch that that organization turn within a very tough division out there in the NFC West. All right, when we get back, though, we turn things towards the hardwood and Dave Johnson joins us ahead of Wizards and Clippers tonight. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, you get a full Anthony dance party right now, which is uh, a good time. You know, sometimes I feel like Anthony, I get in a rut. Uh, not necessarily a rut, but I just kind of get in the rhythm of the show. And you do a great job of snapping me back to being present with whether it's a funny, uh, not a funny intro that you play, a song that kind of changes the mood, whatever it is. You do a good job of that. You keep me on my toes. 
I try, man. I try because I got to pick myself up sometimes. too. Yeah, no, it's great. You know who always picks us up? I think Dave Johnson. Dave Johnson. Time to get the radio party started. Blocked by Bilal Koulibaly. Oh, oh boy, did he stuff him. Left wing pool, it's wow. there. Oh, that's a pool party. Yeah, the basket slam right there. Oh, they're stealing the oh. slam. You better go off. Intercepted by Kispert. Kispert now, foul line. Oh, slam. Ooh, that'll jar your preserves. It's time for Dave Johnson on a Wizards game day. Kuzma for three. Oh, it's there. It's there. Big, big shot. On the Hoffman Show. All right, we go to Capital One Arena where Dave is in the broadcast booth. Where in, uh, I don't know, it depends on the Metro, Dave. 45 to 50 minutes. Hopefully, I'll be sitting sitting there somewhere next to you. Well, hold your tip. By the way, celebrate. It was great to hear Cool and the Gang coming yes, back. Always. The craziest concert combination I think I ever, ever went to in my life. I, I took my son to this concert because I wanted him like all fathers do, to, to force feed and make them relive your childhood. Right. So it was right here at Capital One Arena. Uh-huh. It was Van Halen, the you know most recent of the last, one of their, I think their last tour, uh, obviously. And But the opening act was Cool in the Gang. And again, that is a whale of a combination. That's an interesting combination. And, and even Cool in the Gang was making jokes about it because, I mean, the fans were, were loving it, but they were like, well, well, but, you know, we're here to kind of, you know, run with the devil or all that Van Halen stuff. And, and we were just while waiting for them to sing Celebrate. But talk about throwing an interesting combination together. And it was a fun night. It just was typically you don't see those uh, groups grouped together. I just, do wonder, like, what's that conversation like between the manager of Cool and the Gang and the manager of Van Halen? Like, right. Van Halen calls and he's like, uh, or right. Van Halen's manager calls and is like, so uh, you're Cool and the Gang, right? Uh, you guys want to you wanna come on tour? Well, and, and that's the other thing is, I mean, Van Halen was the uh, lead act, Cool and the Gang the opening act, but Cool and the Gang had a lot of hits, so they, in theory, could have been their own headline act. Oh, but, for sure. Um, and, and again, it's it's just usually when you have, uh, as people know, as I state the obvious here, which I'm very good at on your show, by the way, stating the obvious. Well, how usually, do you think I feel three hours a day? Right, right, you, usually you have similar music genres if i can use the word genre uh together and and uh, or maybe they give an upcoming band uh, you know a, a break as right. the opening act i mean cool and the gang was not upcoming no it in whenever this concert was 2013 or whatever i mean it, it's a famous story about uh, uh i don't know if it's famous but i'll make it famous by just retelling it you know the famous band kiss with gene simmons uh, they were known, uh, they uh, had ACDC as an opening act when nobody knew who ACDC was. They had Van Halen with an opening act. So usually uh, an act like Kiss or Van Halen would like to give profile to an act that's not as known as well, but is, you know, Anthony just played Celebrate. We all know Cool in the Gang. I don't think you can pass your citizenship in this country unless you can identify Cool in the Gang is uh, the artist that gives us celebrate because we're 40 years on we're still playing it i do feel like uh everyone knows that song i do feel like the number of people uh who know that it's cool in the gang is probably shrinking that hurts my soul dave is someone who in his teens was a wedding dj and played that song literally every weekend but we don't need to go down that rabbit hole right Right, now uh the (laughs) Clearly, the most important question that I have uh, for you, Dave, is is the fr- I've, I'm going to be joining you guys tonight. Uh, going to come say hello. Uh, and and you said 
last week you would grab one of the Denny Obvia hats for me. Do wow. we have the hat? No, we don't. And oh. uh, I've got to work on that. Um, okay. And I will. And I, I did. It's okay. There are more games to come. I was just no. curious. Right, right. And Make sure my uh, hair is all in order. Uh, tonight, now. Uh, oddly enough, is another Denny Obvia. I shouldn't say oddly enough. It's another Denny Obvia giveaway. It is Jewish Heritage Night here, and they're, they're having the, I'm looking at it right now. It's the Denny Obvia Lifestyle Bobblehead. Oh. So, which, which I'm about to tweet out, so you can see that. Um, so you, you can grab one of those, but we, we definitely have a hat for you. The Denny okay. Obvia Design Hat. Okay, uh, because I, I heard that was great. I'm excited for it. Uh, grab a bobblehead. Uh, Anthony, uh, actually came, Anthony actually came over to my house earlier this week and got to see my home studio in person. Uh, Anthony, you did recommend maybe putting some bobbleheads somewhere. Maybe Denny can be the first one in the collection. Yes. Oh, yes. Are you talking to me, Anthony? I was talking to Anthony, and he's just... Anthony, I feel like, sometimes forgets that we are an audio medium because we do the YouTube stream, and he'll look at me and nod along, and I'm like, Anthony, we're a radio show. I I, I did know Craig was talking to me, but yes, I think... I was looking right at you. (laughs) I thought you were talking... Dave, for, for a moment, I, I thought I had a small stroke or something. Everything no. went quiet, which is no. always always a nervous uh, part in radio. Yes, uh, no, silence is. Yeah. It, it, for those of us that have been in it uh, long enough, silence is terrifying. Oh yeah. No, All right, no, Anthony, no. you forfeited your uh, your your chance to talk. Uh, back yeah. to back to back to you, Dave. Uh, so the the Clippers are in town tonight. Uh, we've seen obviously this team uh, playing much better under Brian Keefe. Uh, the, uh, these couple of games, different caliber of opponent tonight. Uh, we had Tyus on the on the show yesterday. He talked about how the accountability has been there, and it's just kind of created a different level of competitiveness. What have you seen from your chair, uh, and obviously not just broadcasting the games, but going to practice and, and talking to folks about what the, the difference Brian Keefe has made so far? Well, you know, I think it, it also shows that the, the reasoning was a new voice, and because nothing is against, you know, Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, they, 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 they suddenly have not come up with uh, new plays, or, or uh, they're still running their, their, their same principles, so it, it's not about that, and it's why it happens in sports, and unfortunately you know, for Wes Unsell Jr., and unfortunately for the Wizards, uh, they decided they had to go through a new voice situation and we see it time and time again in a lot of sports where it does work i mean you look at the reason why uh, the reason why that the wizards beat detroit and san antonio it's not just about the level of opponent because they also lost to both those teams but they 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 dominated on the boards or they controlled the boards uh you had 16 offensive rebounds saturday against detroit 14 offensive rebounds monday against san antonio you know that's that's not some genius coaching scheme it's it's just that okay as Greg Popovich said about the Wizards why they won Monday night they played harder than his Spurs and that's a a pretty big compliment because (laughs) not often his Spurs team gets outworked so um, uh, that's full credit to to Brian Keefe uh, is charged with with taking over a room that's that's quite frankly wounded because uh, nobody in that room, you know, wanted to see Wes Unsell Jr. removed from the head coaching position. So it's it's provided, you know, an intensity. It, it, it's all the things they talked about last week. And I'm not just spewing the company line. I'm just saying that, you know, that's the difference. We established at the start of the season that this was not the year to contend for the playoffs. It was not going to be a playoff team. But, you know, can it be 
more than nine wins or could it be more than nine wins? Well, yeah, if, if they would have, um, you know, rebounded better, quite simply. And as, as we've talked about ad nauseum on this show, if you're, if you're going to get beaten on the boards, then you better win. There's got to be some other category uh, you have to ha- be, you know, exceptional in. And that would be three-point always comes to mind. And, and the Wizards has never seemed to get that combination. When they did get a signature win, if you want to call it that, over the Pacers, if you remember back in December, that was actually the first game that where they had out-rebounded uh, an opponent. So uh, what what the charge is, is that this team has to, to try to play at this level because that will then help the development process uh, further. And, you know, to, to also, uh, unfortunately for Wes Hunsell Jr., he really didn't have time with a player like Marvin Bagley Jr. Uh, and he's made a tremendous difference. We we, and that's nothing against Mike Mascala, but we just did not have a backup center of the, or, or forward, whatever you want to position, you want to throw at him, that can compete and provide you second-chance opportunities and rebounds uh, like Marvin Bagley III can and has. Yeah, no doubt. Bagley's been enormous. and um, But as you said, that, that new voice, clearly it was time. Ty has talked about that yesterday and I, I do think it's going to be interesting too to see the tweaks in the rotations and as you mentioned there's not really anything new yet but that is as will said in that press conference the season of discovery is upon us so we'll see if they change anything up uh try some new things starting tonight against the clippers pregame coming up just over 15 minutes from now broadcast time uh, 6 45 and then the tip-off is at seven uh i'll be over there in a little bit dave can't wait to see you thanks as always for your time here on the show and uh yeah as i said i'll see you in a few minutes sounds good all right good that stuff. Is, we'll celebrate yes yes indeed we shall celebrate uh dave johnson everybody with us from capital one arena when we get back we will wrap up the show with real things real people said into real microphones and then i'm gonna go to capital one arena <laughs> It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Another good show today, Anthony. We did it again. We did it again. Oh, you're doing math right now. Sorry to interrupt. Nah, we did do it again. But yeah, the math on this thing isn't mathing. Oh. Actually, never mind. It is mathing. I, I was, trust, I I trust the math. automation yeah. more than I trust your math skills. Yeah. All due respect to your math skills. You know, math was my favorite subject in high school and college. In college, too? Yes. You know that I did well enough in math in high school that I didn't have to take any in college? I'm proud of you. Yeah, it just explains why I'm terrible at it now, because I haven't done it since high school. And Anthony, I'm old. You're not old, man. Old enough. Old enough that I forgot how to do math. Yeah. So there's that. Um... Yeah, I uh, I did pretty well. I took AP Stats. Bless Ooh, you, by the way. Uh, AP Stats. I took AP Cal. I, re- I remember getting you a call calc? from my buddy Sean. Because I remember we walked out of the AP Cal exam going, that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Like, that's the hardest test I've ever taken. I failed. I bombed. The only hope was that everyone else did too because it's graded on a curve. And a couple weeks later, we get the results, and he calls me, and he's like, dude, what did you get? I was like, I got a four. He's like, I got a five. I was, And we just kind of like, we were on the phone, but it felt like, you know, in like uh, in like a sitcom when people like hold hands and jump in a circle celebrating? Uh-huh. That's what it felt like we were doing, even though we were on the phone talking about our, uh, our AP scores. So, that's, yeah, that's I, I did that. 
I did. I had the two APs, and uh, I never had to take math again. I'm jealous. How yeah. was math at Syracuse? Wasn't very fun. Uh, no, I just wanted to take calc, um, because I wanted to see what the hype was all about. Everybody always talks about how how hard it was. Yeah, it was hard. I don't remember a damn thing. And I never got the chance to take it. I took like regular. I took like trig and like all the other stuff pre-calc. I took I took that kind of stuff. Never got to calc though. Yeah, I I don't remember much about calculus at all. Like I could solve a basic equation today. Yeah. You know, an AX plus B equals C type of deal. I could figure out X. Okay. Um, but I don't remember I don't remember a lot. I don't remember any of like sine and cosine and I remember that stuff exists. Tangents and yeah. I don't I don't I I remember I played a lot of baseball on the TI eighty seven. Yep. TI eighty four. I think I had an 84 and an 87. Maybe there's an 89 somewhere in there, too. There's an 89? I think so. Oh, good gracious. I wonder what number they're up to now. I'm going to find out today. All right, we should Google that. Yeah, I'm going I'm to ask my kids at prep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I took some. I was smart in high school. So smart now. Just give myself some credit. <laughs> I just don't think I do as well. But the thing is, like, the life cycle of your intelligence is eventually you're going to have to pull that stuff back out if you have kids. Yep. And it will be, you know, Man. You, you wind up being your your dad and you're like, I don't know, son. I haven't done this in 40 years. Yeah. You're like, son of a gun. Yeah. So luckily that's not anything I have to deal with anytime soon. There are no announcements to make. No, nothing. You sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, so we will deal with that, you know. Hopefully, like, 20 years, maybe not quite 20. Maybe Probably kid number 20. two. We've, okay. I'd be dealing with that 20 years from now in high school math. But, you know, I got some, I got some time. You got some time. I got some time. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we have a blank rundown, don't we? Yes, we do. Feels like a good day for the commanders to hire a coach. I hope that day comes. We, we need some help. If not, people are going to be getting desperate. The takes are going to get hotter. I'm not going to budge on my takes mm-hmm. because nothing will have changed, presumably. Um, if there is no coach, uh, we will check in at the Senior Bowl, Yep. see what we can find out about what's happening down there. I keep looking up at the TV and seeing stuff happening. So we will do that. Um, there's no NFL tiers. we got to figure out something else new to do on Thursdays. So we're open to ideas. Tweet, tweet me at Craig Hoffman. Email me, uh, go to hoffmanshow.com and use that uh, use that link. Um, other than that, if you missed any part of the show, Stacey Ro- Roast was awesome at 6. Uh, Dear Orlando Ledbetter, high energy at 5 o'clock. Uh, my guy was excited to be on the radio uh, with us here in D.C. talking about what it was like covering Dan Quinn down in Atlanta. Uh, so if he winds up being the guy, we have a little bit more info on him. Uh, so that was five o'clock and we really had a great hour. That's two straight days. Um, I don't do this often, um, but I think it's important to quality control the show. So occasionally I do go back and listen, Anthony, to segments. And I just decided this morning when I was running, I was like, I'm going to put on the show from yesterday. So I, one of the podcast listens we have, uh, of the hundreds and possibly thousands of podcast listens that we have on the full show yesterday is from me and the calls were so good yesterday. That was a great hour of radio. And I think we had another great one today. Mm-hmm. So let's go check out the podcast. Search Hoffman Show in your favorite podcast app. 
Uh, any other housekeeping that needs to be taken care of, Anthony? Uh, oh, Friday. I was going to say, there actually is a correct answer. Because uh, we got John Allen. Yeah, we do. And um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this on the air, but there's only like 50 tickets left. There, It is very close to a sellout. So if you would like to come to 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980 Live, you should get your tickets now. It's this Friday in Bethesda. Uh, I believe doors are at 630. Um, so it's at the Bethesda Theater. All your favorite radio shows together for one night, off air, on stage, and uncensored. And as Ant just said, uh, Commander's Defensive Tackle Jonathan Allen will be with us. Uh, so tickets are on sale now, BethesdaTheater.com. It's presented by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information. Again, mstreetbank.com uh, for Main Street Bank. And for the tickets, BethesdaTheater.com. It is time for Real Things. Real Things. We're not going to be f- sunk this year. Real people. Five and 11. Not very good. Set into real microphones. You know, the culture is actually damn good. All right, let's see what we got in the old real things, real people set into real microphones folder for today. Uh, we got George Kittle. Uh, Tuesday is always a fun day for real things because uh, we get all the sound from the weekend. And George Kittle, in the middle of the game on Sunday, had an idea. Couldn't wait to execute it. Ultimately did. Respect to the internet culture on this one. You say something good up there? Uh, I said it has in the first half, not going to lie. That is in the first half, not going to lie. So someone asked him uh, what he said on the podium, which is, they had us in the first half, not going to lie, which is a very famous internet meme for the uninitiated. But, and here we are now. I called that, I called that in the second quarter. I said, I can't wait at the end of the game. I'm going to be able to say this to the entire world. Called it. And then we did it. I can't wait at the end of the game. I'm going to say, hey, they had us in the first half, not going to lie. I can't wait till after the game and I get to say, you know what, they had us in the first half. Keep singing it. Have fun. Encourage you guys. Right? You're the guy. Speak that. And did you catch it live when he said it on the broadcast? Because I definitely did. I didn't catch it. uh, Because once that game ended, I was basically just ready for. What did I do after the game? I don't know. I think I'm going to just. Might have watched like Netflix or something. I I turned the game off. By the way, continue watching it. I forgot to ask. Monday. Is that yesterday? Today, Tuesday? No, today's Wednesday. Yeah, today's, today's Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, Monday, after you came to our to, to the fitness class with us, what time did you go to bed on Monday? Oh, uh, I went to sleep. So I was in bed actually at 10, I want to say 10, 15. I was in, and I'm ne- never, never, ever in bed that early. And I probably want to say I fell asleep probably around 11. And I woke up super early. I was up at like 630. I was like, yo. I was laying in bed for is like two gonna, hours. Is that going to be your new schedule? No. No? No. But I do want to get back to uh, working out in the morning. So and that I'll should pro- become your new schedule. Because yeah, like, it's not like you got to be in the gym at 6.30. Like, you kind of let your body wake up naturally. Yeah. Some probably 6.30, 7 o'clock is when your body clock's going to adjust into. You eat something. Very critical step that Anthony missed 
before Monday's workout. Yeah. And then and then you go get a good lift in or a good run in. Yeah. Whatever it is that you want to do. A good hit hit session in. So the next yeah. time you come, you don't die. Yeah. I'll consider it. Okay. I will be making changes though to my I routine. just feel like consistency is really important and a routine is. is very helpful. Yes. Routine is very helpful. And the thing I like about the morning workout is you get it done and stuff doesn't get in your way. Mm-hmm. Like with this schedule, stuff happens. All, like if I try to save my workout for midday and a guest wants to tape at noon, I'm screwed. And I've cost myself many workouts because all of a sudden I got to go tape something. And then I'm scrambling and I'm pissed because I missed my workout or, you know, people, you know, you have something you want to do and you don't get to do it, whether it's a workout or a lunch date or whatever. It's not a good time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Morning, my time. Mm-hmm. Protected. Safe. All right. Speaking of running, it's time for me to run down to Capital One Arena. Uh, Wizards, Clippers next. I'll see you all on the broadcast with Dave and Glenn.